Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to a Civil War-tastic edition of This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Marvel Editorial Director of Digital Media, Ben Morse. And we have with us the man, the myth, the legend, Tom Brevoort. Hello! <laughs> Tom, we need we need to roll out the big introductions for you. You're uh, you're a very important man, and we need to, well, you know... It's, it's nice that you think that. We need to keep wooing you back here. We haven't had you on in a while. And, uh, and I whose cr- fault is that, really? <laughs> ben? Yeah, absolutely. Blame mine, 100%. Right, we haven't right. been checking in regularly. I have to correct you, Ryan. It's not a Civil War-tastic edition. It's a Civil War 2-tastic. 2-tastic. It's like Too Fast, Too Furious. Ah, so Ready good. To Tom, what is your favorite Fast and Furious movie? <sighs> that, that's a bad question. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen all of Zero of them. Oh, okay. So, so Zero is so a pretty good one. Be, so you're consistent. Yes. <laughs> I am neither Fast nor Furious. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the point. Maybe I'm furious. Yeah, yeah I've heard you be I'm furious. More, I'm yeah, more furious I was gonna say <laughs> when you said you weren't furious, I was I, in my head. That's that's sim- that's simply not the case. Tom, Civil War Two, issue number four, came out this week. Number four. How many? How many more are left? Uh, there are three. So you are over halfway through. It certainly looks that way. <laughs> <laughs> the untrained eye. What are your What are your uh, takeaways so far as you pass the halfway point of Civil War Two? What are my takeaways? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, we got four. We got four of them done. It's great. <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, we just have to do three more. No. So take us back to the beginning. Tell us the origin of Civil War II. It was not initially going to be the sequel to Civil War, was it not? It was just a story, correct? Um, yes and no. Okay. Um, you know, what it is is uh, you know, there were a bunch of conversations that were going on at a certain point in time, and this was mostly between Axel and Brian about mm-hmm. stuff. It's they... Axel Alonzo and Brian Bendis. Yes. Okay. Um, stuff Checking. that they were seeing in the in the world, stuff they were experiencing as they interacted with, uh, you know, the community at large and fans and so forth, and and you know, just a feeling about where the world was, uh, and so they began talking about this in the context of a story. Like this could mm-hmm. be good fodder for a story, you know. Uh, and as they got into it and discussed it, at a certain point, uh, Dan Buckley said, "Well, you know, what you're talking about there sounds like." It's Civil War Two. Like it's the characters and they're in conflict over issues, and uh, and so it became Civil War Two. Um, so, but it wasn't even really completely a story by that point. It was just kind of the core idea. Right, the idea. Um, but the idea itself uh, and the way it would affect the characters was enough to kind of make the jump to. Well, that could be. It sounds like it's Civil War Two, and if you don't call it Civil War Two, you're only going <laughs> to regret. Not you're only hurting it. yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, to me, the hardest part of something like Civil War or Civil War II is that you have to come up with an issue that is two-sided because it's very easy to take an issue that everyone agrees on and uh, you know something like uh, something that everyone can just say the same thing on. Puppies are cute is yeah. not a there good go. basis for Civil War <laughs> Right. You, if you do puppies are cute as the basis for your Civil War, you have a very clear villain and a very clear hero. To the mo- to most people. To most people. To most people, but you guys have come up with first in Civil War and now in Civil War Two, issues that are divisive enough that you can have people rooting for both sides. How how did you do that this time around? Well, again, this wasn't it wasn't like we started with we need an issue, mm-hmm. let's build a story. It was 
we have a, an issue or we have a th things that we want to talk about or that uh, Brian in particular was very invested in, uh, notions of personal responsibility and uh, consequence and uh, so forth, profiling. Um, you know, and it became a civil war too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's funny, again, you, you say this, but, uh, you know, again, looking out across the, the internetosphere mm -hmm. uh, and even internally among the writers, you know, regardless of where they may have positioned themselves out, were this a real-world thing? In terms of, of the fiction, almost everybody sides with one side. Yeah. Uh, and ironically, I think it's the side that they wouldn't side with in real life. Mm, interesting. But because of the people, the characters involved, and because of the way a thing is framed, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a natural pull towards, you know, what we think of as the underdog side. Mm. Uh, and the same thing was true with Civil War One. There is always going to be a natural pull towards, uh, you know, Captain America and his guys because they're the scrappy underdogs fighting the man. Mm. Uh, you know, it's a lot harder to be the man. Right. Uh, and it's the same thing in this case. Um, you know, we're in Civil War Two, number four. At this point, pretty much everything that Tony Stark has done has been wrong, if not criminal. <laughs> and yet. <laughs> Most readers are 100% behind him. And even the ones who are behind Carol are behind Carol because they love Carol. Right. Not even so much because they love what she's doing or she's just such with a her popular on the character. issue. Like they yeah. like her. They want her to succeed. They want her to be triumphant. And, you know, the fact that there's an issue involved is almost secondary to, like, we support her, you know, my, my country right or wrong. Right. Uh, you know, so, so that's just... But that's the nature of it. Carol in this situation is much more the man mm -hmm. than Tony is, and yet, you know, Tony can do anything. He can he can sneak into, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, another what amounts to another nation. He can steal somebody, he can kidnap somebody, put them in a bunker, and torture them, and we still are like, yeah, he's the guy. <laughs> You know, and you know, Carol can stop people from knocking down Stark buildings and prevent alien invasions and stop villains from getting cosmic cubes and all. Oh, she's being totally ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, in uh, especially in the Captain Marvel book that came out this week, the one by uh, Chris and Ruth, there's a really good, strong like, regardless of if you love her or hate her, she's like. You stand behind what she says. Sure. I think right. there was a really good argument in there, which is a is like a very interesting swaying. I'm curious if it's a swaying point for people. Hopefully so. I mean, I think that's obviously a place where you're going to get a lot more insight into her position because it's every issue is a full 20 pages that's devoted to nothing else. Yeah. Um, I think to a lesser extent, but the same sort of thing. Um, Ultimates as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll get a little more insight into into Carol. Um, it's just but that uh, uh, Tony has more books yeah. <laughs> and it's appearing in more places. But, but you bring up an interesting point, Braden, there about the fact that Carol's fans are so fervent. They're so dedicated no matter what. Was that – did any thinking go into that when you guys were picking Carol to be the other side, the counterpoint to Tony? Not specifically about that. We mm -hmm. were looking for who would be the big characters, and it wasn't even necessarily that Tony was going to be one. It was you know, who are the characters that most readily uh, embody these sides – uh, or these positions, and Brian initially came up with a couple of different iterations. Maybe it's this character, or maybe it's this character on the side. Or, uh, and as we honed down into it, Iron Man made a lot of sense. Yep. You know, partly because Brian is writing Iron Man, so that that's that's right in his 
uh, wheelhouse. And Carol made a lot of sense uh, because of her position in the world, her having become the head of Alpha Flight and the space station, you know, our continuing desire to bring her to greater prominence and to not just do the same story over again. Like if this was <laughs> one of the Captain Americas, which it could have been if things had gone a different way. Right. Um, you know, that would just really feel like just doing the same story over again, even if it wasn't exactly the same story. Um, you know, in a, in a really ideal world, maybe we would have had two different, it would have been Carol and somebody else we hadn't seen before, Carol mm -hmm. and the Hulk. Um, that would have been interesting. But, uh, you know... These I would, would love to see the Hulk debating <laughs> the points. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, predictive justice wrong. It's <laughs> more Frank your logic, namby-pamby. <laughs> so the Hulk says stuff like namby-pamby. I'm not convinced yeah. <laughs> by argument. I think we've got a new voice for the Hulk. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just write absolutely. his own Dialogue. Absolutely. Now, the whole thing kicked off, well, not kicked off, but one of the earliest things was uh, the death of Jim Rhodes, yep. which, of course, is a motivating factor for Carol, who is involved with him romantically, and Tony, who is involved with him romantically. Um, both, of, <laughs> both of them have <laughs> I like reasons. that you popped take, yourself on that one. I'll like, yeah, take, like, take a moment to appreciate that. <laughs> guys, I'm pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> but what... Did Brian come up with the idea to kill Rhodey? Was that something discussed in committee? How how was that I arrived think at? It, uh, again, the 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 notion that there'd be somebody at the beginning who would suffer some ill that that would galvanize the sides mm -hmm. came up. You know, it's a it's a pretty standard structural thing, um, and it very quickly had to be Rhodey for the reasons that you just outlined and that we've outlined. But boy, we ran around and around trying to find, yeah. to find some other version of that. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough call. Because it's, you know, it's just awful on the face of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's another big event where we kill the black guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and that sucks. Um, but the reality of it is he's the character that has the relationship with Tony and he's the character that has the relationship with Carol. Mm -hmm. Short of changing the leads at that point, there's nobody else that's gonna gonna have the same effect on both of those characters, um, so it ended up having to be Rhodey. Um, you know, again, we we wrestled with that. We kept trying to come up with some other some other version um, because we didn't really love it. You know, none of us, Brian included, really loved it on a uh, uh, you know uh, uh, representational mm -hmm. uh, uh, scale, but uh, you know. In the end, the decision we made is: well, will we, will we do it if it was an, if it was another character? If if, if Jim Rhodes was uh, you know a white guy, if it was Steve Rogers, would we do this? Yeah, we would. So you have to kind of treat all the characters the same way. Uh, you can't do make these decisions in a vacuum. You know, you have to kind of understand uh, uh, you know what it is that you're doing. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, this was the best story choice. So right. it's the choice we went with. And he's not the only character that gets killed or changed or transformed in the course of this. We've now killed Bruce Banner. Uh, we've certainly done awful things to Jen Walters. Uh, and there's three issues left. Yeah. Uh, how, how many more? guy's not feeling too great. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so it's not like he's the be-all and end-all of this, but he is the first one. Like, he's your, your entree into the story. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, if, you know, it, it carries... A, a lot of weight 
Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've liked not just the fallout, but the stuff in Captain Marvel's book, reflecting back on Rhodey, the stuff in Nick Spencer's Captain America, Sam Wilson, I thought was great. Really got a chance to see why he was an important character. So at the yeah. very least, he wasn't given short shrift. There's more coming sense. up, as you would imagine, mm. in, in Invincible Iron Man, now that we're getting into the actual tie-in mm-hmm. issues. Uh, you'll see a lot more stuff involving Rhodey. Rhodey's been a big player in, in uh, Iron Man. Uh, you know, these last couple of months, mm. uh, you know, maybe even more so, you know, knowing that we were getting to this, yeah. you know, it was kind of like, oh, all the all the plans, all the things Brian kind of had wanted to do with, with Rhodey. It's got to do it now quick. I got, now I got to do them all now. Yeah. <laughs> all my best Rhodey stuff has got to fit into these yeah. six issues because after that, there ain't no more. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's a testament to you guys, the anguish at the events, uh, particularly from Tony has been like he's he's he is a character who wears it all on his sleeve mm-hmm. and that is like it's heartbreaking yeah some of yeah. those scenes it's really just, hard like, brutal and like just he looks so rightfully upset by it all mm-hmm. and then that when carol finally breaks down right when she does because she holds it together yeah she's trying to hold it together yeah. because she you know like all her reasons and it's like oh man Whew. It's good. Well, that's that's what you want. Yeah, exactly. That's what you that's want. What you're going for. Yeah. Another big difference between Civil War and Civil War Two is in Civil War, the thing they were arguing over was a thing: the Superhuman Registration Act. Right. And in Civil War Two, it's very much a person. Right. Um, I mean, there is an issue, but there is a person at the center of it, and that's Ulysses, and he can be kidnapped and he can be influenced. How different does that make the story when you have an actual character at the center of it? And also talk to us a little bit about the creation of Ulysses as such a central character. Um, well, again, I think that everything that you say helps to make it different. It's not, a, it's not an abstract idea. You put a face on it. Uh, and even beyond just the, the idea of maybe he can predict future events uh, are the questions that, that, that Tony kind of brings up. Even if he can... You know, knowingly or unknowingly, what biases does he bring to the table? He's this is not. It's not like a machine doing this. It's right. not like it's it's uh, you know a hard and fast scientific thing. It's a power, and it's a power going through this individual who's experiencing all of these things. You know, what is he what is he telling us? Uh, you know, that's that's not the full picture, or that's a skewed version because he saw it from this angle and not that angle. What is he not telling us? Because he doesn't want to tell us, you know. There's, there are a lot of intangibles and a lot of unknown aspects of this. You know, what's what's he thinking? What's his get in all of this? Mm-hmm. He seems like a perfectly nice kid from uh, uh, Ohio, I think it is. Uh, but uh, you know, where, where's where's his head out, and what does that do to affect uh, you know what 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 the information is that that he's giving out? Um, he can also be a more active participant in things. He can make decisions. He can choose to stay with one side or the other. He can choose to, to do this or that, to tell or not tell. Um, you know, that, that's a much different thing than just there's a, there's a, there's a law passed. Mm-hmm. A law says this. You either yeah. go along with it we or like you it or don't. don't. Um, so, uh, again, it adds, it adds uh, an element to it that makes it not the same story again. That adds some new, uh, some new angles. Uh, and some new uh, things to it, uh, and gives you another again in, ter- in terms of the, you know creating Ulysses and getting into that character, it gives you uh, another set of kind of ground level eyes yeah. on uh, you know these big Marvel Universe events and sure. these big characters that that 
you know, we take them for granted because we read, you know, hundreds of pages of their adventures month in and month out. Mm -hmm. uh, and so every once in a while, it's nice to have somebody come in who's just a dude mm. uh, and who can look at all these characters and all this crazy stuff from the kind of perspective that we would actually have if they started happening in the streets outside and not just as it's, you know, it's the buy, it's the fantasy world that I know I'm getting into when I crack the covers and that's my, that's my level. You know, most of the time, your, your, your point of view, you know, eye level is with the superheroes uh, and so being able to kind of shift that down to here's somebody that's, uh, you know, not really playing on that level and boy, that stuff seems weird or scary or exciting or you know whatever uh, you know that that's that's another good color to have in your in your box of crayons to to color with on one of these things yeah i i, I thought he does it, you guys have been doing an effective job at putting easily finding ourselves transposed into ulysses shoes mm -hmm. um and that like wide-eyed what the hell is going on? <laughs> I'm sur I'm surrounded by gods and, mm -hmm. and, and these crazy powerful people. Whoop! Now I'm over here, and what? Right. Why am I an inhuman? What right. is all this stuff? It was good, and it, it it makes it makes the decision of it all, I think, a little bit tougher for mm -hmm. someone to just knee jerk make. Right. Um, right. Because you're thrust into that, and you are. You are the middle of it, right? As right. opposed to you know finding yourself here. And there. Yeah, the uh, the infinite comic that that we're doing, the the Ulysses Infinite Comic, uh, which is also coming out in the print edition. Uh, you know, does a does a lot of uh, you know focusing specifically just on him, and you know his early days as an Inhuman, and you know what what training and guidance he got from Karnak, and mm. it's, it's all been really really good and really fun and really meaty in terms of fleshing him out as a as a character i don't know warren well enough but i i imagine warren ellis is karnak in that book <laughs> <laughs> just like all the i guess it's just what warren's written and so mm -hmm. like you know over the years having read like transmetropolitan and, and his karnak and so many other things i just see him calling you know people like meat and, and just flesh <laughs> piles or whatever he calls it I, I love it al's doing such a great job it's 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 really good uh at building karnak up at the same time sure. as uh giving us a little bit more insight to you and, and and tongue there's tongue. Oh my God, tongue! I don't know if you've read it because you don't not. get to read all the info. No, tongue tongues. is a fascinating character. Has a giant tongue, that and figured. that's the only way to sense things. But can sense everything through its tongue. Does he have like a face? Not really. Not no, really. It's it's a head tongue. and a tongue. Yeah. Head and a tongue. The tongue is pretty dope. This is Al Ewing we're talking about. Oh yeah. Well, we talked about for a sec the uh, the Hulk in the room. The fact that Bruce Banner is no longer with us. He was taken out by Hawkeye. Yeah. That's a huge decision to arrive at. Um, the Hulk is a central character. It's hard to get much more central to the Marvel Universe. Granted, Bruce Banner was not the Hulk right now. Right. And I wonder how much that and changed. And he never will be. <laughs> how much did that color the decision just that we have another Hulk right now who seems to have taken off? Would well, you guys have done this if there wasn't another Hulk out there? We might have done it if there was another Hulk out there, but... The reality is we, we were dealing with the Marvel Universe as it stood at that point. Um, you know, Amadeus was already the Hulk, was mm -hmm. already going to be the Hulk, uh, and that was all set up already. So that gave you a piece in, in the, the person of Bruce, uh, who was a significant character, a significant player, yeah. 
that you could do something to like this without having to then like not have a Hulk book, mm-hmm. um, or without having to then immediately like create a new Hulk the next month. Right, it was already you know, in place. This, the, the, these pieces were kind of already in place, and he was already in a situation where, uh, you know, he was theoretically, uh, you know, cured or defanged, mm-hmm. um, which gave you an entree into. Uh, you know this this question, this vision that that one day that would not be the case yeah. and things would go bad and now what do you do with that? Again, that makes that much more immediate and more real and something that comes out of everything we're publishing rather than something that just comes out of this uh, one story, right. which is which is nice. You were talking about how the roadie stuff was heartbreaking when you see Carol and Tony. That. Alan Davis drawn issue of Totally Awesome Hulk where Bruce is just happy and at peace <laughs> at the end was the most devastating work. And at that point, he wasn't even dead yet. If I, I had to think if I was reading the comic, I was like, oh, nothing good is coming for him. <laughs> like, not necessarily he's going to die, but, you know, just knowing comics and knowing us as I do, right. I have to assume that that's just, that, that's, that's not a setup for eternal peace and happiness. <laughs> Yeah, we were we were mean. <laughs> it was very mean. Very mean. Very nice for me. On the flip side, Hawkeye as the guy had taken him out. Why did Hawkeye make sense? Because I know this is something that was discussed a lot in the uh, summits. Who was going to be? Because you guys knew you were going to take out Hulk before you necessarily knew who it was going to be. You took yeah, we him weren't out. even sure it was going to be was going to be the Hulk, as right. I would call it. Like we again, we were dancing around with just like there of, has to be a, a couple death. of yeah. different. Yeah, there has to be a moment. Mm-hmm. But essentially, the, the 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 beat in the story was now there has to be a prediction that's about someone, one of yeah. them, uh, and and there has to be fallout as a result of that. And so there were I don't even remember all the different because that conversation went a lot right. of different places. Uh, you know, you know, a lot of different who could it, who could it be? You know, who who is who is interesting? Who makes an impact? Mm-hmm. Who who uh, you know who can we take off the table without destroying? The table. plans, yeah, okay. the table, uh, and and who could do it? And Hawkeye seemed like he had the right combination of it's a surprising thing. Mm-hmm. You could still see him him do it. There's even a David Goliath thing where it's like the least powerful guy on the table takes out the most powerful guy at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're both big uh, movie characters. So if you're explaining the story to a layman out in the world, they understand and yeah, that's know true. that it's. It's uh, Hawkeye killed the Hulk. Yeah, it's it's the, those guys that you know from the from the films now. Um, so it just made sense in a lot of different uh, uh, respects. Um, yeah, also, uh, the the current iteration of the Hawkeye book was was coming to a close, and this lets you you know put the character into a new place for whatever might come thereafter. Um, so again, just on a lot of different levels, he seemed like the best fit. Yeah. And another thing that has just come out in this issue we read today is we get to see the public response in the Marvel Universe to Hawkeye and what he did. Now, that's another callback to the original Civil War where Captain America eventually ends up surrendering because he sees that the public accepts Iron Man's way. Right. And once again here, we're seeing the public kind of accept something that our heroes might not necessarily accept. And it's, uh, it's introduced a little earlier in Civil War II then it necessarily wasn't Civil War One. I. I mean, it was running the undercurrent of Civil War One, but it really gets explicitly stated in that last issue. Here we get it in the fourth issue sure. where people are, you know, they're good with it. How? Why was it important to have the public response be such an integral part of the story? Well, again, this is a, it's a different story, so the, the timing of it is, is different. 
but you know, uh, we love the Hulk because we read a comic book that has his logo on. Right. If we lived in a world with the Hulk, we would hate him. <laughs> yeah. If you lived in a world where you're just a guy, you've bought a nice little homestead in New Mexico, mm-hmm. you're going to work, you're you're you know minding your own business, and then suddenly, you know, like your your building was knocked over because the Hulk and I don't know. I'll say the Bi Beast. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah. Came, I'm glad you said the Bi Beast. Came crashing through. You know, as was routine, mm-hmm. um, you would probably not feel as as uh, 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 you know, welcoming to the Hulk as we do. Yeah. Um, you know, and and particularly the the Hulk who you know is clearly more of a monster than a superhero, and always has been. Even in those instances where he's been on the Avengers or been in concert with other superheroes, he's perceived in the Marvel universe as being more a monster. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really talk with him. You can't really reason with him. Uh, he's going to do things, uh, you know, he's just uh, fueled by rage, and he's consequently considered dangerous by a lot of people. So the And, and even in a, in a broader sense, and this gets touched on a little bit in Civil War II, number four, and we'll see more of it as we go on, you know, from the standpoint of a lot of ordinary people in the Marvel Universe, I think less people in Manhattan because maybe they're so used to this and are so jaded or so, just so shell-shocked from facing it all the time. But, you know, throughout the rest of the country, there's a feeling that, uh, you know, the superheroes, um, you know, kind of get to do whatever they want. That, that you know, they end up, they, 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 they break things, they blow up buildings, they kill one another, they turn evil and turn back and say, I'm fine now, and just go about their business and nobody takes them to task for that that they're they're you know they're they're, they're a self-policing body mm-hmm. that uh you know is short of any true consequences mm-hmm. and that there is a feeling out in the world that the reason the hulk was let run around like that was he was he's one of them he was one of them yeah you know and that they, they never nobody actually stood up to, to to take care of that because yeah, okay, that guy's building got knocked down. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll get put back. Damage control or somebody will put it back. Yep. It's fine, you know. And, okay, maybe his kid's going to be in, in you know, uh, uh, therapy for the trauma of that mm-hmm. for years, but he's not dead, and we, yeah. we did the best we could. We stopped him, we stopped him, and he's, yeah. it's okay. He's good now. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people who feel like this is the way superheroes act. Uh, and that's that. That's going to be a thing that that we're going to see more of in the Civil War Two book, and even in the stuff that comes after it. I also think it's you can look at it from the public is just like, oh, he's he's us. He's yes. the powerless person yes. amongst these gods, and he did this. Yes, <laughs> he is he is amazing. Yeah. Look at him, <laughs> king right. of the you Avengers. Know, uh, I I I. I don't know if you guys are going to do this, but like I could see, you know, like sort of like copycat vibe almost, mm-hmm. and like the the idea that you know every person can be, you know, in the middle of all this and, and take care of business, which right, is right. potentially horrifying and dangerous. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's where we like to be. Yeah. So, <laughs> four issues and three issues left, Tom. What can you tell us about what's still to come in the remainder of Civil War Two? Well, issue five, uh, we give you the thing that you've kind of been waiting for and that has been teased all the way up to this point which is the fighting yeah mm-hmm. seriously where's the uh, fighting you been? know uh, we're four we're four issues deep and it's not like there haven't been conflicts and yep. skirmishes and things but there hasn't been 
a real solid full-on throwdown between a bunch of guys and another bunch of guys, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that changes immediately. Yeah, that's what it came for into Civil War Two numbers. Pretty much the, I don't like to say the whole issue, but pretty much the whole issue is a big brouhaha between uh, all the characters that uh, you know show up there by the end of uh, number four, right? Uh, including the now arrived Guardians. Yeah. <laughs> That was a very cool beat. Um, so uh, you know you're going to get uh, uh, you know some some punching and hitting <laughs> in the mighty Marvel style, uh, and then uh, we will rocket towards a conclusion that eventually we will publish at some point. All right, finished. Can we give a little love to David Marquez and oh, Justin yeah. Ponsor because holy crap, like I, we know David's been amazing because we've seen him over the last couple of years doing amazing doing great work on Spider-Man stuff and. Everywhere he's been, but whew, some of these pages are out of control. I particularly enjoyed. I mean, we'll never get to see it again ever now. But him drawing the Hulk <laughs> was a lot of fun. Right. Uh, he drew. He drew the hell of a Hulk. Yeah, he's uh, he's working hard on uh, on these pages. These are a lot more difficult to do, as you'd imagine, than Iron Man pages mm-hmm. or Spider Man pages. There's just a lot more stuff uh, on every one of these. Uh, and and uh, you know it's certainly more work I think that he even anticipated it was going to be, uh, and to make matters uh, worse from my point of view, but better from his point of view, uh, he just had a baby. Yeah. Oh, congratulations! Go. So uh, you know, one of these days the we'll, scourge, we'll see the rest the, of these comic yeah. books. But the scourge of life. Tom Brevoort's life is this new child <laughs> uh, in, in the world. You just wave your hands, cursing at him. A little Marquez. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's going to be uh, dealing with the rest of the series uh, with one hand, mm. with the burpy, burpy baby in the other. I mean, that's fine. You could strap yeah. a child to your chest or sure, back or <laughs> leg or whatever and yeah. just, like, you yeah. know, go bounce it up and down they as you draw anywhere. that. That's fine. Yeah. I know babies. You sure do, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tom, before we let you go, is there anything else you want to talk about in regards to Civil War II? You're going to have to speak now or forever hold your tongue. Until we do tongue. one of these at the end. Hey! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a character. Yeah. Very nice. Very, very good Very good figure out. Thank you, Tom. Uh, well, or is there <laughs> one tie-in book that you particularly say, hey, check this out if you haven't been reading it? Wow, there's, no, there's no, a lot. I was say, there's no pressure there. No, I, I, and there's no there's no dearth of. I know there's so many good books. I, choosing I sides, I'm really digging just because there's so many visions of sure. of the Marvel universe. The are James any, Watley I story. Think, uh, are any of Nick Lowe's books tying in? <laughs> uh, sort of off to the side, okay. somewhat. At, at a healthy distance. There's a there's a Civil War Spider-Man book. Oh right. You know, they're in humans tie-ins. Yep. Yep. Uh, probably, I would say. Uh, uh, you know, worth uh, checking out the Invincible Iron Man tie-ins. Mm. Um, again, as much much as with the Captain Marvel ones, the Captain Marvel ones, I think are the other sort of the other the other half of that coin. Those two uh, will will really help to uh, illuminate you know all the key characters, all the key players at the the center of this thing cool. uh, in a way that you know you just can't do uh, when you've got forty characters in mm-hmm. in the amount of space that we've got. Yeah. You got hulks to kill. You got stuff to get done. Yep. That's stuff to check off the list. But it's th- those are Brian kind of doing, you know, it's Brian doing tie-ins to his own event, mm-hmm. uh, and I think Brian's tie-ins to the original Civil War, excellent, were really you know some of the best Civil War things yeah, that, that that we did. Like he really was able to find 
uh, you know, different uh, different moments and different right. takes. That, you know, Luke Cage issue of New Avengers was that, that's probably the best great. issue that we put out of New Avengers. I just reread that because we yeah. put it in a new trade, yep. uh, like a Luke Cage compendium, and mm-hmm. I was like, still a damn fine issue. Yeah, yeah. Really and good. so this, you know, him doing these Iron Man issues is very much the same that's kind cool. of thing. It's with characters again that he's been writing and he's writing the core series, but it's almost like he's approaching it the same kind of uh, cool. the same kind of way. It's great. All right, Tom, we thank you for your time. People can find you uh, at Tom Brevoort on Twitter. Yep. Where else can they find you on the Internet, social media? Uh, well, uh, on Twitter, I'm over on uh, I Tumblr, the yep. Marvel Age of Comics Tumblr. Yes. Uh, and that's really about it. That's it. You've limited your presence. Yes. Rather busy man. So <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> thank you, Tom. My pleasure. This is Marvel, your universe.